Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Wonderful crowd here today. Beautiful continuation of what God has just been doing around here. And if this is your first time here, we are so thankful that you are here. Love for you to be a part of our family. And uh, God's going to touch us today. Amen. Matthew 28, we're just going to kind of right in the middle of the story, read a couple of verses. Matthew 28, we'll read verse 5, 6, and 7. If you're there, say, I'm there. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come and see. If I say come and see. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell. If I say go and tell. Go quickly and tell his disciples, that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. I want to just take a little bit out of those, just on this subject today, of course, this beautiful Resurrection Sunday. Come and see. Go and tell. Come and see. Go and tell. Find three people. Give them a high five. Tell them they look good in God's house. I learned something this week that I was astonished that I had never heard before, and maybe 98% of the people in the room have heard it, and somehow in all of my years of of, uh, church and crucifixion messages, I had never knew some of the process of how anti-venom is made for those who have been snake-bitten. One source of anti-venom is found in sheep's blood. Sheep have a very strong immune system and a natural tolerance to snake venom. Therefore, the lamb takes the snake venom into itself when it is bitten. At that point, the lamb's blood releases powerful antibodies that overcome the venom. And this is not a pleasant experience for the lamb. And it does go through some suffering in the process. Yet on the other side of it, elements of its very blood can then be applied to humans that have been bitten by snakes. And the antibodies in the lamb's blood will literally save you in that instance. The lamb that was bitten produces that which is needed. For humanity to survive that which we are not able to survive on our own. This, of course, is illustrative 
of more than just our physical need or condition, but in a very real spiritual sense as well. We are unable in our limited humanity to survive. While Satan cannot kill us of his own will and of his own desire, his poison is temptation, and our sin is that uh, that kills us. James chapter 1 says it to us in this way. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin, when it is finished bringeth forth the death. Many of the sins which we are tempted with have an element of real death in them. We know that Satan is very good at destroying the physical as well as he is the spiritual, but his goal is not the physical death. His goal is the spiritual death because the spiritual death is eternal in its judgment. The spiritual death left undealt with. The spiritual death not uh, uh, helped by the power of an awesome God. The spiritual death not repented of, not brought back to the cross of Calvary has eternal judgment wrapped up within it. John had a revelation that he was directed of God to write about for us to read in Revelation 20. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, this being the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is a truth of Scripture, a reality of the Word of God, the end of some and their humanity. But God does not simply leave us to our eternal damnation. God does not simply say, well, you have been tempted in sin and therefore it is over for you. God does not simply say you had your chance. Oh, is there any thankful people in the house today? He does not simply declare you had your one opportunity to do right and you messed it up and I'm, I'm done with you. In fact, Isaiah 59 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened uh, that it cannot save, uh, neither his ear heavy uh, that it cannot hear. It doesn't matter who we are, uh, where we are, uh, what we've done or when we did it. We have a God that is always ready and able to reach us. Uh, we have a God that stands ready and able to reach out his hand that is not shortened. How many know and are thankful today that the arm of grace found you where you were? How many would take five seconds and thank God again that the hand of mercy reached down into the pit from which you had fallen and lifted us up? We have a God that is always ready. Somebody say always ready. We have a God that is always ready to reach us. 
His ear is tuned to listen for the cry of every sinner, not in judgment today, but in mercy and ready to save us today. We are not to revelation yet. We are not standing before the throne of judgment. We are still living in the church age. We are still living in an age of grace. There will come a day when it's all going to be over, but right now I have another opportunity, amen, to reach back up my hand and grab a hold of his hand. I said today on this Easter, I got one more chance perhaps to say yes to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. God is not the problem. We are never waiting on him. Isaiah 59 continues, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None call it for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. God is not the problem. God is not the problem. God is not uh, somehow too far away or deafened uh, a man in himself. It is our sins and iniquities that cause the division. These acts of sinful humanity. And no one has to convince us of this. We know ourselves better than anyone knows us. No one has to convince us of the detrimental outcome of our sins, the negative outcome of our sins before God. And God looked at us in our limited and often pitifully weak condition, and he knew that we needed saving. He knew that we needed saving not just from Satan in hell, but from ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. We needed saving, and John 3 says that God so loved the world. Oh, hallelujah, because I needed saving. He gave his only begotten son because I needed saving that whosoever believeth in him should not, oh, hallelujah, perish, but have everlasting life. That was what I needed. The Bible goes on to say, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oh, hallelujah. I needed saving, and he became my savior. I'm thankful that he's my healer when I'm sick and my deliverer when I'm bound. I'm thankful that he's my direction when I get lost, my light when I'm in the darkness, my provider when I can't find the provision. But above all of that, I needed a savior and I'm thankful that I found it in Jesus. All of the things that he does for us in this life are wonderful, but we need a savior. This gift did not come without great pain and suffering on his part. He is our Emmanuel in the New Testament. Speaks to us as our God with us. First Timothy tells us that God was manifest in the flesh. That God himself came in the flesh. And we beheld his glory. They beheld his glory when he was in the flesh. They beheld his glory of the blinded eyes being opened. 
They beheld his glory of the deafened ears being unstopped and the diseased and the downtrodden finding their healing and their deliverance. They beheld his glory. They beheld his glory when he steps out on the bow of the boat and says, peace be still. And in an amazement, they declare even the wind and the waves obey him. They beheld his glory when thousands were fed with just a couple of pieces of bread and a couple of fish they beheld his glory even when the dead were raised to life again when they heard the echoed word of Lazarus come forth hit their ears and a dead man comes walking out of a grave they beheld his glory in the signs and the wonders and the miracles of everything that he did nothing could compare to his glory and they stood in amazement at his wisdom and at his power nothing that they have ever seen before him could compare to what he was doing but though he blessed us and though seeing the miracles blessed them and seeing the wonders blessed them it could not save them it amazed them but it could not save them when a man by a pool of Bethesda who'd been there and unable to move for years upon years finally rises up at the word of Christ and picks up the bed he had been laying on and walks away from that place of sickness and, and, and destitution. He walks away from all of that. Amen. They were amazed by that. Their minds were blown by that, but that did not save them. When a younger man who was blind can now see and those that would uh, speak against Jesus and come against him are trying to figure out why in the world this happened. Uh, and they go to his parents and his parents say, we don't know what to tell you. You go ahead and talk to him. And he says, look, I don't know what you're, what you're trying to get at. But all I know is this, I once was blind, uh, but now I see. They said, how did this happen? He said, some man named Jesus just came walking into my life and I was blind. But I wonder if anybody remembers a day when some man named Jesus just came walking into your situation and you were able to say, I once was blind, but now I can see. And it was amazing to them and amazing to his parents and amazing to him, but that did not save him. Also, and so he took of the cup of suffering, just as it was prophesied he would in Isaiah 53, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. 
He was stricken, as it were, by the venom of our sinfulness, my sinfulness. He was not stricken by hell. He was not stricken by Satan. He was not stricken by some coordinated attack of the darkness. He was stricken by my sin. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquities. But what hell didn't know was that what his blood was capable of. Oh, hallelujah. I said what hell wasn't aware of is what his blood was capable of. For Isaiah declares that with his stripes we are healed. Oh, hallelujah. With his stripes we are healed. We are the sheep, the Bible declares to us, that have gone astray. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. First Peter says like this, for as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I am not saved by corruptible things. My money cannot save me and humanity cannot save me. My vain conversation or my tradition of my fathers does not save me. It is only the blood of the Lamb. It is only the blood of the Lamb. And we come on this Resurrection Sunday to remind ourselves and remind hell once again that the Lamb is still alive. We come in this place today to say thank God for Calvary and thank God for the blood. But thank God he's still alive. The Lamb lives today. Had Satan known what his blood could do, he would have never spilled that blood on Calvary. Had Satan been aware of the possibilities and the power of one single drop of blood hitting Golgotha's hill, he would have not in any form or fashion even scratched the Savior had he known and had Satan known what the Lamb's death would do, he would for sure never have killed him. But Satan was never in control of any of it. Oh, hallelujah. I said he was never in control of any of it. Romans 5 tells us, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God, but God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad that Jesus died for me. Oh, hallelujah. I said, I'm so glad that Jesus died for me. 
I've had some good people in my life. I've had some close friends in my life. I've had some wonderful family members in my life. But the scripture says there ain't many good that can die. And even if they did, they couldn't do what I needed to be done. I'm so glad that Jesus died for me. A lot of people hung on a cross, but none of them could wash away my sin. And I'm so glad that Jesus died for me. I'm so thankful that he did what I could never do for myself in death and in resurrection. In the end of the Sabbath, Matthew 28, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and then just sat upon it. I love the Bible sometimes. I mean, I love it all the time, but come on. The angel descending from heaven causes the earth to shake. And he gets down to the tomb and he rolls the stone away and then he just sits there. As if he's posing for a picture. As if he wants to make sure hell's awake. As if maybe hell had a party that went late the night before. Maybe they were a little hungover. Maybe they weren't quite all there yet. So the Lord said, why don't we shake things up a little bit here and make sure they're all kind of got an opportunity to rub their eyes and and look and see. I, I can hear Satan turn to one of his minions and be like, what in the world is going on? I, I thought we had this all under control. I thought this thing was all buttoned up real tight, but do you see what I see? I, I see an angel sitting upon the rock. I see an angel sit, just sitting there. Oh, Hallelujah came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake. Well, sure. I mean, you know, these are trained, highly trained Roman soldiers, but all of that training kind of goes out the window when, you know, earthquake and angels show up. All of their training and all of their commitment when they were told, don't you dare let anybody get anywhere close to this rock. And they were like, yes, sir. Nobody's going to get by us. That all kind of goes flying out the window when you can't stand on your feet. And an angel like lightning and white as snow is sitting on a rock staring at you. You just, you know, you revert to your childhood days. You fall and you pretend like you're dead they became as dead men and the angel answered and said unto the women fear not ye for I know that you seek Jesus I know why you're here I know why you're here you're here for the same reason I'm here oh hallelujah let me let you in a little secret today I know why you're here today 
I know why you're here. Nah, don't give me that about you're trying to appease your family member. Don't give me that. Don't give me that about they said they would take me to lunch afterwards if I came. Although that's a good way to get people to come to church. Don't give me that. I know why you're here today. You're here for the same reason I'm here. We all came to see if Jesus was alive today. We're all here because we want to be reminded again that there is a Lord and Savior who reigns upon the throne of heaven. We want to be reminded in this sanctuary today that there is a God in heaven. There is a King of kings and a Lord of lords that was the lamb slain but became the lamb risen. We're all here today because we want to celebrate and thank God that not only did he die, but he rose again. Oh, hallelujah. I know that you see Jesus, which was crucified. There you go. For any of the doubters out there, heaven says, yeah, that happened. Heaven declares that really happened. He was crucified. That wasn't a bad dream. That wasn't a mistake. That wasn't even hell winning. That happened because it was supposed to happen. He was crucified. But he is not here. Oh, hallelujah. He is not here for he is risen. Amen. He is not here. They were there. They were there. The angel came. He rolled the stone away. He sat upon it. They're all standing there. The angel says, he ain't here. Come see the place where the Lord lay. The angel didn't let him out. Jesus wasn't on the other side of the rock going, come on, seriously? Hello? Anybody out there? Can I get somebody to move this thing? The angel didn't let him out. The angel showed up to let them in. The angel said, he's not here. (laughs) I didn't come down here to let him out. I I came here to let you in. Come over here and see where he lay. He was crucified, and they did lay him there. But as you can see, he's not here anymore, for he has risen. By the way, just as he said he would. He's risen just as he said. He declared in his own word that he would die, but on the third day, hallelujah, he would rise up again. He made a promise to himself, and it came to pass. And so I got to tell somebody in this place today, do you have any promises from God that he's given you? Is there anything he's declared he's going to do in your life? Because if he kept that promise, he's going to keep your promise. He is not here. But there was something important about them seeing. Remember now, this is heaven and earth. This is angelic in humanity. And God knows us. He created us. He gets it. He's like, I'm already out of there. But they're going to need to see an empty tomb. I'm already out of there. But their humanity is going to need to see 
there's no body in there. So he's like, come and see. Come on. Let's get this part over with. Come on. Come look at it. See? Oh, he just saw the stone roll away. And we just walked in. And he's not there. No. He's not there. You see, you have to, to fully grasp the purpose of this entire story. We have to understand our place and position. Because it's not just about me and you. It's about the whole world. Right? He is not willing that any should perish, but that they would all come to repentance. So he needs some people who have come and seen. Because the next thing the angel says is, now, did, did you get a good look? Yeah. He's not here, right? No. Okay. Now go and tell everybody what you have just seen. Go and tell. Anybody you can get your hands on, tell them. We went. The stone was there. But then the earth shook. And the stone rolled away. And an angel was just there. And he walked us right in. And there was no body. I didn't see any beaten, bruised, bloodied carcass. I didn't see any of the land there. I did not see a downtrodden, disgusting looking Jesus. I did, see, I did not see the death of my hope and the death of my help and the death of my promise. All I saw was something I had laid but was not laid there anymore. I need you to grab a hold of what this is all about for you today. You need to come and see. And if you haven't come and seen yet, you need to come and see so you can find what your answer is. So you you can find your deliverance so you can find your repentance and your forgiveness and your cleansing but if you've already found that I need you to grasp the second part that says now go and tell go and tell everybody that Jesus is alive go and tell everybody he is risen go and tell the world the lamb is alive oh hallelujah oh hallelujah at Calvary, the sun had gone dark and the earth had shook then as well and the rocks had split open. At Calvary, even the soldiers standing near eventually got the message as one of them declares in Matthew 27, 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly saying, truly this was the Son of God. At Calvary, pretty much everybody was starting to get the picture. They were beginning to understand something different was happening here. This is not the first crucifixion. He wasn't even the only one being crucified that day. But they were beginning to understand that something different was taking place. Something special. Something powerful was happening in their presence. And though they watched him take his lifeless body down from the cross, and though they heard that they were going to put him in a borrowed tomb, they knew something was different. They were just waiting and wondering the next day and then the next. 
Are we going to hear something? Is there going to be some news? Is there going to be somebody that's going to declare, we know that wasn't a normal crucifixion. We know that wasn't a normal man. We witnessed his miraculous things. We were part of the wonders that he did. And then we despised and rejected him. And we turned on him. And we shouted crucify. And yet we heard him say, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. We heard him lift giving up the ghost as it were. And we saw the earth hide its, uh, the sun hide itself. And we felt the earthquake beneath our feet and the rocks begin to bust open all around us. We know something has happened and we're just waiting to see. We're listening and suddenly there comes a, a stir amongst the crowd as one begins to tell the other, begins to tell the other, begins to tell the other, have you heard? Have you heard? They went to the grave. They went to the garden. The stone was rolled away. There was an angel sitting upon the stone and he showed him an empty tomb. Have you heard? There's no body in the tomb. They can't find Jesus. Nobody knows where Jesus is. They're saying he's alive. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And we're still talking about it today. And we're still talking about it today. Now, I, I would challenge anyone who thinks... Well, that's just a good story that has longevity. No. No, no. I don't care how good your story is. It doesn't last that long. It doesn't last that long. You want to know why we're still talking about resurrection around here? Because we're still impacted by a living God. The reason why we're still, I'm not going to speak for any other religious or any other belief or any other church. I'm going to tell you why Connect Point is still excited about Resurrection Sunday. Because you're looking around at a bunch of people. Amen. As the song we sang earlier said it, we were in our own tomb. We were buried beneath our own shame. We were buried beneath the weight of our own guilt. But oh, a living lamb. Amen. A risen Savior came walking into our situation. And he turned everything around. And he brought life out of the darkness and life out of death and he broke the chains off of us and he started cleaning us up and he started turning us into something that we never thought was possible and suddenly we began to become the people we were always created to be. Connect Point is excited about Easter Sunday because he's alive and we are too. He's alive and he raised us up too. He didn't leave us in my sins and my iniquities but he brought me out. Oh, if that's your testimony, would you make a joyful noise unto the Lord? Those soldiers pretending to be dead would still have heard the declaration of the angel, he is not here, he is risen. Come look, then go and tell. And we have people on a, base, a regular basis around here that get that revelation. We celebrated some of them during our singing today. Put their picture and their names on the wall. It's not just some fairy tale that we tell each other about. This is our salvation. This is our salvation. The good news of the cross and the resurrection is for us. The gospel was not to save Jesus. It was to save me. The gospel 
death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ was not to save him. It was to save me. Repentance, the Bible tells us, is found at the foot of the cross. Freedom and deliverance are found in remission of sins, which is found in our burial. And our burial is found in baptism. Acts 2, 38 and 39, we read Peter saying unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. How? In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, oh hallelujah, I love a good promise. I get excited about anything that's called a promise in the word of God. For the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all of them that are far off. As many as the Lord our God shall call. Romans chapter 6 says this. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I don't want to watch this gospel from afar. I'm sorry if that's what you want to do. I say it's a mistake. You need to get right up in this thing. You need to put yourself right in the middle of it. This isn't some gospel story. This is our salvation story. He died. He buried. He was buried and rose again so that I might be able to die in my repentance. So that I might be able to be buried in my baptism so that I might in the life of his resurrection also be resurrected in the newness of life. I needed to die. My sinful nature needed to die. Our sinful nature needs to die. I needed to be buried so that I could rise again. Please don't let today be just some Christian holiday in your life. People want to debate about calling it Easter. People want to debate about the day. People want to debate about all of this information. You're missing the whole point of the whole thing. He can resurrect us. from our sinfulness any day. Any day. He's ready. When I die out in repentance, he doesn't say, well, you need to wait till Easter. He doesn't say you need to wait till Sunday. He doesn't say you need to wait till the first day of the week and then let's argue about that. He says, oh, what is that I hear? Is that a a desperate heart crying out to me in repentance? My arm is not shortened that I cannot reach them. My ear is not deafened that I cannot hear their cry. I will come to you. He meets us right where we are. Because he so loved the world that through him we might be saved 
we have an opportunity on this Sunday to cry out to God. Please don't make this about checking off some box on your to-do list today. Please don't make this about, well, I, I did that just to make them happy. We are stricken with the venom of sin. We need the blood of the Lamb to be applied. We are stricken, as it were, by the venom of sin, courses through our bodies, destroying us daily. I need the blood of the Lamb to be applied to my life. And that can happen right now. That can happen in this place. Repentance is crying out to God and saying, I'm sorry. It's crying out to God from a broken heart saying, forgive me for my sins. Repentance is understanding I need forgiveness. And baptism. Baptism can happen in this place today. Before you leave this place, you can be baptized. You say, well, I've been baptized this way and I've been baptized that way. I honor you for every step of faith you've ever taken in your life and anything you've ever done to try to grow closer to God. You say, I was baptized as a baby. I honor your parents trying to give them their child back to the Lord. I understand why some of these different forms of baptisms exist. But if you're looking for one that's going to change your life, the scripture declares to us that you have to be baptized in the name. You got to be baptized in the name. He had a title, Father. He has a title, Son. He has a title, Holy Ghost. But there's a name that is above every other name. There is a name that the Bible says, whatever you do, you need to do it in the name of Jesus. And when they left him that day after he said, go baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, they left him that day and they went out to evangelize their world. And every time someone said yes to baptism, that's recorded in scripture. We always find the same exact process. They would go down fully immersed in a watery grave of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ because there's only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so, yes, I stand here today unapologetically saying if you still hunger and you still desire, you want want your activity to match the Scripture. We have a baptismal tank here. It's a wooden box with water in it. It's not holy. It's not wonderful. You know how I know that? Because there's like three or four guys that have to maintain it to make it work. We don't ship in the water from Israel or something. Because 
You just have to be immersed in the water completely. It can happen in a lake or a river. I've baptized people in bathtubs and swimming pools of hotels. I baptized a guy in prison one time in a wash bin. And he was really tall. And it was a small wash bin. But we got him all the way under the water so that he could say, I was buried with him in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And before you count yourself out, yes, we have clothes you can wear. Yes, we have robes you can wear. Yes, we have towels you can dry. We're taking away all your excuses. The Bible says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that spirit of the almighty God in me that connects me to his resurrection so if I'm still alive when that last trumpet sounds it is that spirit that same spirit that was in him lives also in me that's going to take me out of this world and into glory and that may sound like science fiction to you that may sound like a fairy tale to you that may sound like crazy talk to you but let me ask you this would you give him one service to change your mind stand with me today there are millions of people upon the earth today that thought the Bible was crazy until until they cried out and he was there until they reached out from the pit of their despair and saw that glorious, merciful hand of the Father reaching down to pick them up. There are plenty of people who thought the whole thing was just a fairy tale until it happened to them. And now you go ahead and try to take that away from them. You go ahead and try to take it away what they felt when they finally acknowledged there is a God and I'm a sinner and I need him to forgive me. When they finally stood somewhere and said, Lord, forgive me for my sins and the mercy of God came and washed over them and oh, hallelujah. You try to take it away from them when they were baptized in Jesus' name. You saw the pictures during the song service. You saw the glory on the faces. You can't fake that. You can't make that up when you come up out of that watery grave of baptism all the junk and all the nonsense and all the condemnation and all the weight and all the lies they just stay behind and I rise up in the newness of life and nobody can take that away when the spirit of the almighty comes flooding into you and fills you as a vessel and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit into your life and you are empowered as Acts tells us to become witnesses of him so that you can come and see and then go and tell others about what Jesus has done for me. If you've had that happen in your life, I wish you would raise your hands toward heaven right now as a witness. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, be a witness right now. Be a witness in your worship. Be a witness. Look, the Lord has done it in my life. The Lord did it for me. The Lord did it for me. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. 
Hallelujah. But he did it for me. It wasn't by vain repetition. It wasn't by that which was passed down to me from just some historical thing. But God did it because he's alive and he's still reaching. The lamb lives. Now, here today in this church, it is important to us to respond because you feel what I feel right now, right? You feel what I feel. It's important to us to respond, and some already have. We leave the front of this building intentionally open. We leave a lot of room up here because we want you to be able to step out from where you are and say, I want to respond to what I feel right now. And when you come forward to pray, come and just pray. You don't have to say some memorized prayer. You don't have to make it sound pretty. It just needs to be real. Just come up here and cry out to God. <laughs> come on, I wish if you were in the middle of the aisle, you just say, excuse me, I got to go. I got to get up there. I want to talk to the Lord a little bit. Invite somebody to come with you. May someone standing next to you or around you. Invite them to come with you today. Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless.